0: You are now listening to the Random Black Person in Canada podcast. In this episode, we're going to be discussing politics in Canada. I hope you enjoy. season two of my podcast and I'm super excited for those of you who have joined me and stuck with me since season one. we've got better and better with each episode and I'm certainly looking forward to a new and exciting year. Um, I took a pause, as you guys know, um, to celebrate my birthday. Um, start a new year, think about how I want to do things. And I'm super excited with some of the ideas that I've got coming along. And I'm hopeful, you know, that you guys will continue rocking with me. And of course, I'm taking any feedback. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm on Instagram, A-E-R-O-M-A-T-I. Feel free to send me your messages. Um, I'm excited to hear from you guys and what you guys think. On this episode, um, Canada called, while I was on vacation, Canada called an election and A lot of people who are not really Canadian or who are new to Canada are curious to what that means and how, and essentially what the political landscape is. I remember earlier in season one, I can't remember what episode specifically, but we talked briefly about politics in Canada, and I quickly went around from left to right. But now I think it's a good time to break out a little bit more on this, and maybe even do like a refresher for those who are just rocking with us for the first time. All right, so. for those of you who grew up in Nigeria, like myself, because I find that's a big group of people who listen to me, you may know politics in your country as, for example, the PDP, ANPP, AD, those kind of things. And essentially those things, for those who are not Nigerian, stand for um, PDP's, um People's Democratic Party, um, AD Alliance for Democracy. If I remember correctly, uh, AP was Action Party, things like that. And for the most part in Nigeria and in a lot of African countries, when they do politics, they do not particularly lean in any particular way. It's just the same people recycled in different places. So you find that a lot of policies are relatively the same. It is mostly a conservative country. um, And if you have other countries that are similarly as conservative, a lot of people will end up doing the same things. It doesn't matter. The party you're essentially just voting for the person you like more as opposed to the policies or whatever they stand for. Whereas in Canada, and we're gonna be using Canada obviously as a case study, there's a thing called the political spectrum. And essentially this is where people say things like, you're a lefty, you're a righty, um, you will listen, uh, if, you, if you listen to any political discourse, you hear things like the left always thinks X, Y, Z. And people say those on the right things X, Y, Z. And then you hear things like the far right movement. Um, you hear things like the extreme left movement. You hear things like AOC is a left wing nut, things like that. And essentially what they're describing there is the political spectrum. So if you think of what the spectrum is, essentially it's based on how you lean in terms of political, um, how do you say this? Conversations. Let's just put it that way. I think that's probably the, the nicest and the kindest way to put it. Your political conversation. So on the left side of the political spectrum, you're looking at people who are very social. Um, they believe, for example, in others must, you know, like you have a social and economic victim. If someone is a criminal, you believe that it's not really because they chose to be criminals. It is that they have an economic situation that caused them to be in a criminal scenario. They also believe, for example, someone who's homeless is a victim of the system. Um, religion, for example, will have people who are very unconventional. They'll have scientific backing generally. And in general, their approach to society is one for all and all for one. So I'm just immediately off the top of my head explaining what a lefty would generally look like. Someone on the right, on the other hand, would have a religious backing where they're more conventional. They would follow like Islam or they would follow um, Christianity as well. They think people who are criminals choose to be criminals. Um, you know, they, they, they know what is right, but they're still choosing to do the wrong thing. That would be their approach to the political conversation. Um, they would say things like, you know, um, if you are homeless, you, are, you have no work ethic, you have no sense of shame. They believe society essentially is survival of the fittest. So I'm just sharing this. I'm looking at a graphic right now that describes this. And so that's the quickest way for me to explain left and right. Just briefly. Now, the thing about the spectrum, of course, is some people are more left than others, and some people are more right than others. And even within what is considered right, there are some people that are further down right, and all the way almost like dictatorship, where the rightness of this person, as in the conservative nature of this person, literally you do not want to change anything at all. Literally, if you can hold everything rock steady, it will be you know, an amazing thing. They are very, very traditional. Um, They are all for, you know, supporting economic freedoms and things like that. That's kind of the way they go about it. But it's almost to the point where it's even like straight up nationalism. That's kind of the idea there on all those far right places. And a lot of times far right movements are baked in racism. It is usually easier for a lot of right movements and I'm talking far right, I'm talking all the way extreme right generally have racism built into it in part because they don't want to change anything there's a status quo and obviously racism and colonialism built a lot of these political ideas and ideologies and so if you're far right and you don't want to change anything you are trying to go as far back as possible where generally racism was abundant that's not to say anybody that's right is racist that's not my point i'm just saying all the way right usually has the opportunity for that on the left side, you are very, very social. And if you go all the way left, that's where communis- um, you know, communism comes in as well, where even all the way extreme left is also problematic, where you believe everything should be handled by the government and you want to essentially stifle all sense of um, economic freedom or you know, the economic market will be free for all. You're going to stifle that because you're putting a lot of government intervention. So that's just a quick explanation of left and right. And for all my friends who've just literally discovered politics, and you're curious to what people are talking about when they say left and right, that's essentially what they mean. Now, in Canada, we have five major political at least at the federal level political parties and even and for the most part they end up coming down to the provincial level as well if you think about the way canada is constructed at the federal level there's a federal government and then there are provinces within the country that have the, the freedom and the constitutional right to actually dictate what the province does so it ends up happening where the way political parties look at the federal level are mimicked at the provincial level on average. Uh, And there are some cases where it's really not the same. And so of the five, you've got the Greens, who for the most part, for this example, I'll be saying the Greens are probably the most left in my perspective, uh, the most left party that we've got. You've got the new Democratic Party, which is probably right of the Greens, but still very much in the left side. And then you've got the Liberals, who are, Um, right of the NDP, but still generally left. So left in this case would then be very liberal. So they are very much about, you know, society and government intervention things like that. On the right side. So now we're going right on the other way. So now we've got the conservatives who are generally more traditional, um, believe in um, letting the government reduce spending. Um, You don't want to believe in a lot of social spending for whatever cause. They believe a lot of times in, um people themselves finding the quickest route and letting the market dictate prices and things like that. So that's generally the conservative perspective. They want to um reduce government intervention in markets. And then on the far right of not on the far right, I should be careful with that language. On the right of the conservatives because they are not particularly far right, but they are more right than conservatives, would then be Bloc Quebecois. And so these guys generally want to Um, They have the Quebec nationalistic ideals at the top of their own mind. So that's generally what they do. For the most part, the way we vote in Canada, you have parliament. And so in order to vote for liberals, you vote for an MP who represents your riding. And then the most MPs in government gets to elect their leader as the prime minister. So you do not directly vote. For example, in this scenario, there's... Jug Singh who represents the NDP. There's Justin Trudeau who represents the Liberals and the current Erin O'Toole who represents the Conservatives. And so you do not directly vote for any party leader. You vote for a party member of Parliament and then when they have the most then they get to call their leader the Prime Minister. So that's generally how it works in terms of voting. And so now that there's been an election called we've got till september i believe the 20th to vote so september 20th is going to be election day but you can vote in early with a in. Uh, you can mail in your vote you can vote on the day of the election and i believe you can also there's also one other way to vote earlier and i think it's online but i've not checked i'm i am not sure on that yet but i'll probably update as i go along so when we look at the Greens who are the most far left, they' just you know, just to show you a sense of how different all these parties are. So the Greens, for example, and the Green Party is the most social, they some ideas are so like in my mind, when I when I observe it, I think it's a little very idealistic. And I think that's why I say it is very far, is the most left of all the parties. So for example, they want to abolish tuition fees entirely. Now, that in itself sounds wonderful. However, it doesn't seem practical. That's the only challenge. It's going to take some time to, in, to implement, but I like where it's going. I feel like that's a lot of like Scandinavian style of education and I'm open to it. Now, of course, I've already paid my tuition fees, which sucks and I would have waited and I'd love to if these guys win so that, you know, I can get free education. But the fact of the matter is it's not going to be as easy. Like quite frankly, we have created an education monster, quite frankly, that requires almost 50K worth of tuition for you know, Canadians and permanent residents. And for internationals, let's not talk about it, but it's only in the hundreds of thousands for a four-year degree. So the Greens eliminating tuition fees is certainly going to be a challenge, but that's kind of the idea. Now, on the same topic in terms of education, we look at the NDP. Well, let me just quickly add one more thing on the um, green side. They also want to cancel all student loan debt above ten thousand dollars. So literally, they would reduce overnight everybody's student loan payments or student loan balances to 10 grand. So it would all just be canceled at the end. Now, the NDP on the same topic, they instead want to cancel up to $20,000 in debt per student. So whereas the, where the Greens wanted to do, you would cancel everything up till 10 and you would only have 10, and that would be it. Like literally, you would only pay 10K. The NDP wants to cancel 20K, up to 20K per person. So they would forgive 20K. So let's say you owed 70,000. In this scenario, the NDP would essentially reduce your 70K to 50, whereas the Greens would reduce your 70 to 10. Keep in mind, again, the, the other side is also true where literally if you had, if you're owing 20K, you would wake up one day and all of a sudden your student loans are completely canceled. Again, this is just using the math. I'm not saying that's what they're offering, but up to 20K, I'm just using a real life scenario here. If you were owing 20K, the NDB could in this scenario cancel 20 and you'd be done technically, but that's obviously not gonna happen. They'll scale it down based on how much you owe. That's probably what is gonna happen. They also want to eliminate all interest on federal student loans. Um, and if I remember correctly, they were doing something on um, reducing tuition fees as well. So they want to put a cap on it and ultimately work towards making education free. So their plan is not to make it free right away um, they are working on it. Um, so that's kind of their own plan. Oh, I stand corrected on the Greens. Um, stand corrected. Yeah, it was 10K. And I'm just looking at another one now where they're also looking to forgive all of the federal parts of the student debt as well. So there's, it's almost like full extreme. Now, let's look at the Liberals. I just want to quickly add, the Conservatives haven't said anything on this yet. So we'll be watching out for what they say. But on the Liberal side... They want to, and I'm going to probably just list them. So they're going to continue to waive the interest accrued on your student loans while we're in the pandemic. They're going to continue to waive the interest accrued. So that's until about March 20, uh, March of 2023. They're also going to increase the threshold of repayment assistance from 25k to 40k. They also want to reduce the cap on your monthly payments from 20% to 10% of your household income. Um, They're going to increase student grants uh, to about $6,000 for full-time students. Um, they are also going to enhance some grants and repayments assistance for students who have disabilities, but it's not always going to be permanent. Um, they want to help uh, vulnerable children and youth in schools after, with after school programs and some support. And then also they're going to do some uh, 3 students are going to gain like digital and coding experience through CanCode and stuff like that. So everybody has a different way they want to tackle the same challenge. But you can see that even within the left, a lot of different ways are going to happen or at least they're going to go about this. Now, I'm just going to quickly play um, another quick clip, one from um, Justin Trudeau, where he's talking about housing. And then I'm going to play another clip from the Conservatives just to show you the differences of how both parties, you know, want to attack Canada's current problem. So this one is, this is Justin Trudeau talking about making housing more affordable.
1: For far too long, a first home has been out of reach for far too many. It's time to change that. We're going to tax the biggest banks to help more Canadians become homeowners and help Canada recover. Our plan will crack down on predatory practices. We'll help you get your down payment faster or even rent to own. And we'll get well over 1.4 million families into new homes. Let's make housing fair and affordable and keep moving forward for everyone. All
0: right. So that that was um, Justin Trudeau talking about how, to, how they plan to make housing a little bit more affordable. Um, there's also some more pieces as well that we couldn't get in that 30 second clip. So they want to introduce some first home savings accounts for Canadians under 40. Um, it'll help, the, the idea here is to save up to 40 grand towards your first home and it would be um, tax free. So that's kind of one of the ideas there. Um, they want to develop a rent to own project, which you also quickly mentioned. You're going to have the option on a deferred mortgage loan for a first time home buyer. Um, reduce price of home home insurance on the CMHC by 25%. And they're going to double the home buyer's tax credit. Um, There's some other things as well. And if I remember correctly, they were looking at introducing a ban on foreign buyers, but it wasn't completely clear yet. So I don't want to discuss what they've said yet because I can't really find the specific quote. But again, this just gives you an idea of what these guys are trying to do in terms of housing. Um, the NDP platform, and I also tried to find a clip if I could find it, but I couldn't. The NDP's way they're going to do it, they're trying to work towards ending homelessness within a decade. Very ambitious, but that's kind of what they're trying to do. Um, they also want to double the home homebuyer's tax credit to about $10,000. Um, they are going to waive the federal portion of GSD and HSD on the construction of new um, rental units. So they're trying to make it as easy to create housing as possible. Um, they're going to enact a 20% foreign buyers tax on the sales of homes to non-Canadian citizens or permanent residents. So that one is going to be interesting, if it were to be possible. It's going to be interesting, but that's also where they're leaning currently. At least that's what they've declared. They're going to provide a model for co-ownership agreements and offer CMAT back mortgages for co-ownership of homes. There was one also so quickly that I found really interesting They want to reintroduce 30-year terms on insured mortgages for first-time buyers. And that one was interesting. So essentially, they would be reducing your payments because you can pay longer. So instead of having like a 25-year term, you would have a 30-year term. And by default, the payment becomes cheaper for the same house. Now, obviously, you would pay more interest. But at least from your regular monthly paycheck, the the burden the burden of your mortgage would be lower because you have an extra five years that you can amortize the payments over. So it's an interesting one that's happening. There's also going to be like a 5K annual subsidy, rent subsidy for families. So I'm just like, the NDP are very ambitious. Uh, Keep in mind, for the most part, they've generally been the third party in Canada in terms of popularity. Usually it's one and two between the Liberals and the Conservatives, then the NDP, then the Bloc Québécois, and then the Greens. So that's usually how the rankings go and the NDP are trying to take a huge swing to try to enter one of two. So it will be very interesting. So finally, I'm going to play a 60 second clip from Erin O'Toole in terms of his plan for Canada and his recovery plan. Take a listen.
1: Great news. We just launched our plan to secure the future and get Canadians back to work. I want to take 60 seconds to go through as many policies as I can. Just 60 seconds. Let's go. We'll create a million jobs to get Canadians back to work. We'll put 60 billion more into public health care. We'll give all Canadians a one-month holiday from the GST in December and tackle the affordability crisis. We'll make sure that more Canadians can afford a home and get the cost of living crisis under control. We'll give low-income Canadians a dollar per hour raise and make sure that workers' pensions are protected. We'll clean up the mess in Ottawa with a tough new anti-corruption law. We'll finally start treating mental health as health and make sure we're prepared for a future pandemic. We'll tackle climate change, meet our Paris targets, while getting jobs in all parts of the country fired up. And we'll get the budget balanced over the next decade so we aren't burdening our kids with more debt. People suffering from addiction will get the help they need with 1,000 new treatment beds and 50 new community recovery centres. And mental health supports will be a priority with a billion dollars to help Indigenous communities. I'm out of time, but help me... All so, Aaron
0: O'Toole right there. Uh, used to be, uh, he used to work in Canada's armed forces, I believe, in the military at some point. So, he generally runs on this platform where I've always served others, so I'm going to continue to serve you. Um, again, that was a quick 60-second clip. I'll try to find uh, other party 60-second clips where, where I could, but I didn't see anything when I went through all the parties um, before this recording. So, uh, I'll continue to um, update us as we get along towards September 20, but it's interesting just to see all the different ways that you know each party leans. So, just by that, guys, my point here was, at least with this podcast, was to help you understand that when you're voting, you're not really always voting for the person. You're voting for their policies. Keep in mind, at any given point, the party could replace their leader. That's an interesting one. Now, of course, the, it doesn't just happen out of the blue, but they can. So by default, if you were to vote for Justin Trudeau, in this case, his party could just lose confidence in him and they could replace him in the middle of him ruling the country. That is technically possible, Now, obviously it's not gonna happen like that usually, but it can actually happen. And so there've been scenarios where you know, the, the opposition, which is the Conservatives, change their leader while there's a government already formed. And that, can, that just happens, it just, it just is. So in these scenarios, you generally want to vote for their policies more than the person compared to what we did outside of Canada before we came. Now I'm just gonna close off this um, podcast with one more thing here there is this thing where as i've walked you through the spectrum of course you've got the greens you've got the ndp and you've got the liberals on the left on the right you've got bloc quebecois and you've gone to the conservatives and there is this challenge that comes in every election where you may like the ndp's policies but voting ndp splits the vote on the left and what that means is as i've said already the liberals and the ndp are both viable options they are both usually appealing to the same crowd of people, the same beliefs. But you've got two strong candidates. And so by voting for any vote you don't make for the NDP, right, goes to the Liberals. And any vote you don't make for the Liberals goes to the NDP. Or by default, you are weakening the Liberal vote against the Conservatives. And every election that I've experienced so far since I've been here since 2009 that piece comes up every election. So for the NDP to win, they have to completely overwhelm the liberals for them to win. And I've not seen that happen yet. I've only seen it where the conservatives won and then the NDP was, I think, second, if I remember correctly. And so I'm hoping we don't have to deal with that again this year where people actually, in fact, like the NDP, but are going to vote liberal because they don't want conservative. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the conservatives are just going to vote conservative anyways, because that's the party that best represents them. Bloc Quebecois is very secessionist and they generally believe only in the, you know, the best thing, best outcomes for the province of Quebec, like literally it's in their name, Bloc Quebecois. So for anyone who is right leaning, they will generally vote conservative anyways. It doesn't really matter what the conservatives do. At least that's usually what happens. The key votes usually end up going to moderates who can swing left or right based on policy. And so this year, I'm hoping for an interesting election. I'm sure we'll be able to learn a couple more things together. Um, this is going to be my first election I am voting in. And as a result, I'm looking forward to sharing more with you about the process in terms of getting um, registered, my riding, and all that information and all that jazz. Super excited to see how voting in Canada is. I certainly believe in the fairness of the process. Um, I have no qualms or worries about, you know, you know voter what's the suppression and things like that. So it's going to be an interesting one and I'll keep you all posted. Looking forward to an exciting season with you guys and an exciting year together. I'll see you in the next one.